community is immune to the dangers of substance use and addiction. Within the Menominee tribe, we've all seen the impacts firsthand. That's why we need to talk about it as we join together to bring this problem out in the open. In this podcast, we'll focus on education, highlight resources that are available, talk about initiatives underway to deal with this public health threat, and smash stereotypes that we all have about addiction. The Talk About It podcast is an initiative of the Menominee Indian Drug Addiction and Intervention Team with your hosts, Sheena and Gary. The decision to seek recovery for substance use is an individual one, even though some of the journeys to get there are similar. Listen to how one of our Menominee tribal members found their reason to seek help and overcome their substance use. Uh, welcome, Lighty. We're, you are the MCAP coordinator and recovery coach, correct? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so can you uh, just share a little bit about your personal journey when it, when it came to um, substance use? So back in 2012, I had my first son and I had him via C-section. I was prescribed pain pills and at first I would just take them here and there, but my dad died the day my son was born, so it quickly progressed into an addiction. Um, And then I was using pills of any kind for um, a few years. I think 2012 is like the first year I had tried cocaine. Then in 2014, I tried heroin for the first time. And I was on heroin for a little bit. Went to the methadone clinic and I was on methadone for probably three to four years. And then I started doing meth in 2017 and quickly went downhill from there. I had ended up um, losing my kids because I was getting high. Um, I tried multiple like different things. I was on the methadone. Then I was on um, Suboxone. I tried Vivitrol and um, none of it worked. And then in 2019, I wanted to go to treatment. But when I had asked to go to treatment, they couldn't get me a bed date until two months later. So I was already using again by then. And um, at the end of 2020, I ended up in jail and um, I had to sit like six months in jail. So Then I finally got offered drug court and I got out of jail April 16th, 2021 and drug court helped me get my life back on track. Um, Mm -hmm. I stayed sober through drug court and I was able to rebuild my life. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you say that your substance use affected your life and your family and your work? When my son was a newborn, my oldest son, um, I never really had him much of the time because if I wasn't um, getting high, I was drinking. So um, he spent a lot of time with my stepmom and my mom. And then I ended up having more kids and um, I wasn't able to um, raise any of my kids when they were young because I was on drugs. My mom, when she was alive, spent a lot of time raising my kids um I could never hold a job ever like this is the first year that I'm only waiting on one w2 like (laughs) for tax time um I like would go to school I tried to go to college but I didn't follow through um I never had my license ever in my life like insurance either I had no clue what insurance I was even supposed to be looking for when I had to go get my insurance um It caused a lot of strain on my relationship with my family and my sisters. 
my dad died from the effects of his drug use and my mom died from the effects of her alcoholism and in the mix of like all them all like both of their deaths um is when my addiction really took off so my oldest sister really felt it mm-hmm. yeah i put a lot of strain on my sisters um i stole from them um i stole from anybody actually like it just mm-hmm. caused me a lot of problems and mm-hmm. so what was kind of the thing that made you actually seek out recovery i know you mentioned the drug court so back in um 2019 i had my fourth son at that time well he was born in 2017 but from 2017 to 2019 um i was trying to get my kids back mm-hmm. and um like nothing was working i really wanted to get sober but then The situation that I had myself in wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. And when I was finally able to get away from that situation, then I was like by myself for a long time because I wasn't getting along with my sisters or whatever. So I finally like I was on my way to rock bottom and then I went to jail and it was like, okay, like this (laughs) is really rock bottom. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you kind of talked about um, having to try a few different things before you were able to. Uh, get sober what was um kind of different about that last attempt do you think that made made the difference there so I um the first time I got sober I tried the methadone clinic and um when I first got into that methadone clinic I was split up from my ex-husband at the time and Really was I was doing phenomenal. Like had a job, was working, taking care of my um son. Like I was really trying to rebuild my life, and I made a decision t- against everybody's advice to go back, and um quickly again spiraled out of control. Tried Suboxone after that. Um, it didn't help either. Mm-hmm. Like then I um tried Vivitrol when I went to jail one time and got out and I didn't do the fentanyl, but then I was doing meth. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I had been wanting to get sober for some time, but I wasn't putting in the work. Like I wanted it, but then I wanted to get high as well. And, um, when I went to jail, like I had never sat in jail Mm -hmm. long enough to like have a clear mind again. So I sat in jail for them six months and, that gave me a lot of time to think like mm-hmm. this is not the life for me like in jail um and then drug court when I got out mm-hmm. I went to treatment and um did not do well in treatment like I ended <laughs> up back in jail again 60 days after I got released because I wasn't getting along with anybody at the treatment center but um I did relapse after I got out mm-hmm. on meth and um my older sister who I'd stolen from prior to going to jail like said, like, look, we're not doing this again. Like either you're going to stay sober or you have to leave. And, um, like I got lucky with the support system that I had with my sisters. Um, I was able to live with one of my sons. So, um, I didn't want to go back to jail. Like, yeah. (laughs) And when I first got sober in drug court, like you have to stay sober in drug court or whatever. But, um, I don't know if I necessarily wanted like to be sober at that time Mm -hmm. or if I was just being forced to, but, um, Eventually, it, like, grew into me 
wanting to get sober. Okay, so can you share um, after you were able to get sober, like what kind of challenges you faced? Yes, so there was lots of challenges. When I first got sober, I was living with my sister. I didn't have a car and I didn't have my license and I couldn't get my license for like a whole, I think it was like a year or two. So I used to have to walk everywhere in Shano, um, take the cab like everywhere. Um, I'd ha- I used to have to ride the bike, <laughs> my sister's bike to work when I first got a job. And like getting back into my kids' lives, like that wasn't easy. I had to work really hard at that and it was a really discouraging at first. Like going into public too, that was hard for me. Like now, I still don't even like going into the grocery store. But um, back then when I first got sober, it was really hard. Um, Was that more like an anxiety thing or? Yeah, I think maybe like an anxiety thing. And um, I'm not a people person. (laughs) Like, so. (laughs) Yeah. So how has your life changed since your recovery? Well, when I first got sober, I was really mean. Very hard to get along with. I ended up getting kicked out of treatment when I went. And um, that was why, because I didn't get along with anybody. But I also didn't have my license then. I didn't have a job, was never able to keep a job. And I didn't have my kids when I first got sober. I was able to get sober, right? But then Mm -hmm. I was just sober. So um, through a lot of work, a lot of IOP and groups, um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm a better person. I'm not as angry as I was. I have my kids back. Um... I have my own place. Mm-hmm. We actually just moved, but um, prior to moving, like I kept that whole apartment or that apartment for a year. I think I've had my license for almost three years, two years now, and I finally got approved for a car loan. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like just last summer, I had to buy like a used van that didn't have seats, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy seats from the junkyard because I have a lot of kids. Yeah. So them were things I had to do. Like now, I'm at a point where. I can do things that I want to do, not have to do. Um, sure. I graduated drug court. I had a baby and I work at Menesakia now, which is like still kind of like surreal. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in what ways does the process of recovery continue for you today? Back when I was in drug court, right? Like I had to go to meetings. Um, I had to do all of these things. And when I got done with the drug court, I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking a break. But then I realized that I can't just take a break, you know, like just because I don't want to do it no more or whatever. Um, I still have to go to meetings. I definitely still see my mental health counselor and I still have to work on myself because I like I'm farther than I was, but I still like have a lot of a ways to go, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I stopped going to meetings for like a month and Even just like my thought process was a little bit different and I'm like, yeah, this can't happen. So I started going again and then um, I noticed like, man, I'd only go to meetings when I was having a bad day, right? But then I started going when I was having good days, like just making them kind of things like a regular part of my life, not a um, task and like shifting the way I think about it. Like, oh, I got to go or, you know, like I get to go that that was a um, game changer for me. So I enjoy things like that. What's your advice for people that want to encourage a loved one to seek help for substance use and what things have helped you or would have helped you? So one thing is when your loved one wants help, they have to want it, right? Like 
man, the whole time I was using <clears throat> towards the end of my drug addiction and probably through my whole addiction, um, my sisters definitely wanted me to get clean, but I didn't want it. So they um, probably stayed up at night thinking a lot, like worried, but it wasn't until I wanted it. So when I think back on like my um, getting help or whatever, if my sisters never would have completely been like, nope, we're done. Like we're not enabling you. Stop talking to me altogether. Um, I probably went to got sober. Why did I have to, right? I had a place to live. I had food. I had everything I needed to continue getting high, but it wasn't until um, they stopped enabling me by letting me live with them and whatever that I finally hit my rock bottom. And if they went to did that, I probably never would have. If you could speak to someone right now that is contemplating going into recovery, what would you say? Probably just ask them how they're doing and remind them that I'm proud of them. Like Because when you're stuck in active addiction, it definitely isn't easy to say, hey, like, I can't do this anymore. I need help because that's just not, it's not easy. But just remind them that I'm proud of them and um, ask what they need, what kind of services they need and help them as much as I can. And if I can't, then I'll call somebody. <laughs> so thanks, Lady, for sharing all that, um, your experiences and, and your knowledge. So uh, if somebody wants help for themselves or maybe for a family member or friend um, or maybe would like more information how can they um reach you at your program so we have the hotline the phone number is 715-972-3280 so they can call that anytime Thank you for listening to the Talk About It podcast. For more information on addiction or substance use, as well as recovery resources, please contact the Manosakia Wellness Center at 715-799-3835, the Menominee Tribal Clinic at 715-799-3361, or the Menominee County Human Services at 715-799-3861. Recovery coaches are also available 24-7 by calling 715-972-3280. The Talk About It podcast is produced by the Menominee Tribal Communications Department.